Hello, and welcome to the Fun and Sobriety Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan. I am an alcoholic. Um, today is another solo episode of the Fun and Sobriety Podcast. Um, and as I said on a recent episode, I've uh, pulled back a little bit from trying to solicit for people to sit down and talk to, um, partly out of running uh, you know, shallow, well-run dry, and partly out of just a little bit of laziness on my side. Um, but that said, I actually do have a, a handful of pending conversations um, in the works. So stay tuned. Um, but today is yet another solo episode. And today I, I want to talk about the uh, the ever-elusive concept of God. Um, I feel like this is a, a subject matter that is difficult to not have on the forefront of your mind, of my mind, uh, the more, you know, active I am in my own recovery. Um, you know, I, my, 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 you know, my, my facet is, or my inlet is through 12 step program and the 12 step program, uh, in general is a, a heavy reliance on the word God or at least it's structured around a, a uh, significance depend significant. Uh, I want to say dependence, if not you know, input and reliance upon a concept of a higher power, right? And I don't know. I, I probably beat it to death, but you know that's an idea. It's a concept that um, tends to deter people or turn them off from any real acceptance of or um, attempt to really apply um, 12-step recovery in their own lives. Um, it's probably the bigger deterrent than the fact that they uh, have to give up their chemical of choice uh, is the fact that, or at least the apparent fact that they have to find God in order for you know this shit to even begin to work, right? That's the, that's the feeling. That's the, that's the approach. That's the sentiment in most meetings and most, uh, recovery programs. <clears throat> and, um, you know, I'm no different than a lot of people in, re- in that regard, uh, in that, um, you know, that I'm not, I'm not Godhead. And, um, and as I've, I've talked about before, I, I've made myself comfortable using the word, um, just mainly, you know, for myself, it was just for ease of conversation, ease of getting a general idea across, right? And and I'm kind of convinced that's what. No, I'm I'm kind of convinced that's what everybody does, right? I mean, even if you know someone out there listening or or someone you know talks about God in a very earnest way, I I still believe that they're essentially talking about a concept in a way to simplify conversations with other people, you know? Um, because even the most religious and, and pious and earnest people out there, um, you know, they have to have their own concept of a higher power. And, you know, I, I suppose that's what, you know, the, quote unquote benefit of a religion is that it defines that for you. And so, you know, your, your, um, 
structuring your approach towards thoughts around and um, focus upon a higher power. You're structured, you know, it's, the structure's built there for you, and so you, you, your parameters are defined, and you're not free to, uh, you know, go around them, I guess. I mean, it's a loose way of saying it. I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I've never been heavily religious, so I can't speak from experience, but that, that appears to be the benefit there, right? You, you, you get the God question answered for you so you can move on to other things with that always looming in the background of like, this is God, this is God, God is here, this is God, whatever that means to you from your religious background. And, you know, again, lots of people have that drilled into them from childhood and have resentments towards it and you know, towards the idea, towards the institutions, towards the people who drilled that into them, whatever it is. And it makes them, you know, hate God, um, you know, using someone else's words there, I guess. Um, you know, I have resentments. Um, but all in all, it's still people trying to, you know, trying to put a word, trying to put a description to something that by its nature, if if they're was a god or or perhaps more accurately the grand just immensity of the world and the universe is understood to be so far beyond our understanding as to need a special word and and for fuck I don't know millennia god is the word we use we being just you know random people and whatever. I don't want to philosophize <laughs> too much on this, but I never personally took the bait. You know, I mean, in recovery, it was much simpler to just, you know, assign this to God. Yes, you know, God... God's universe, God's world, God is everything, or God is nothing. Just, just all of the God, God, God talk. And um, you know, for me, it was just easier. It was easier to just use that shorthand, right? God is a shorthand for this just immensely non-understandable facet of the universe, right? Like the majority of the universe, the majority of everything in existence that's outside of my sphere of consciousness and, and much of that, which is within my sphere of consciousness, right? Like to me, that's what that term meant. And I had the luxury, I guess, of not needing to think about it any further than that, right? Like, again, it was, it was a, um, internal fake it till you make it kind of concept that, you know, I figured, well, um, if my hang-up is just the use of this word, and if I reg register that the word itself doesn't contain anything more significant than what I give it, and if I only give it the significance of being a placeholder, then that's fine. And if it means something more to other people, that's fine for them, because, you know, ultimately, what other people do with everything, especially with, with words and understandings of words and how they use them, it's none of my business. And all of that is a kind of meandering way to get to the fact that I, I never progressed beyond an agnostic feeling about a higher power, about a God. And, and uh, 
I don't want to use the word struggle. I've just come to appreciate and accept that, you know, that's as far as it ever goes for me. And I don't know. I don't, I don't want to put uh, ideas or judgments on other people, but that, that's as far as it goes for everybody, right? Like whether or not anybody else registers their idea of God as anything beyond just an idea. It doesn't matter, but it, you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if they register it or not. It doesn't change the, that, that fact, right? Like I almost want to put air quotes around the word fact there, but let me put it another way. There seems to be a sense that we all have an innate connection to a God, right? And that, you know, you get around enough other people who use a similar terminology and a similar uh, frame of reference and way of referring to it and way of talking about it. You know, you get enough people who, who kind of are, all are aligned in a similar you know, way of thinking about that concept of the concept of God or any concept, but the concept of God it starts to feel right. It starts to feel real. It starts to feel correct. And insofar as whatever other positive aspects of what we need to survive, and in, and in this case, you know, in, in order to get sober and stay sober and stay in recovery and, and change our lives and do better things with our lives, there's really no functional purpose in questioning beyond that right like if 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 it if it works don't fuck with it right i think i talked about that a bit with when i was talking about faith in a previous episode um but listening to some people recently listening to people share people talk about like their connections to god and and their their awareness of god in their lives and um you know my my only outlet to this is, is through, uh, the, the, through, through 12 step program, through sitting in meetings and, and, and hearing people share on, on things, you know, I, I suppose it's similar to what religious people would say, um, insofar as they're talking about the concept of God at least, but, you know, I've gathered that there's a lot of crossover language as much as, um, as much as there's lip service at least towards ensuring that 12 steps are not connected to any organized religion it's still pretty fucking christian right i mean it's not anyone's fault necessarily it's a western based uh society it was formed in the in the western world and the western world is for better or worse a fucking christian world anyway i hear people talking about their connection to their higher power talking about like the evidence of god in their lives and and it's it. What's striking to me is that it's consistent, at least in some what I feel fundamental way. It's consistent with my own vision of how I live in the world and my connection to the universe, right? But I've become less interested in just making the placeholder connection to people, right? I suppose this started to really come to light in my conversation with Angela a few weeks back, a few months back, I don't know, whenever that was. But it was already kind of 
under the surface already at that point. I said already twice there, didn't I? But it was, it was under the surface already at that point. And just talking with her kind of put it under the spotlight a little bit, or at least shed a little light on it. The, the idea that even though that that was sufficient for me, it was sufficient for me to just kind of fake it, right? And just be like, yeah, you know, it's God in the universe, God in, in my life, God, you know, this event ABC, events A, B, and C are evidence of God working in my life, you know, all the miracles of my life, in, of my recovery, you know, the, the things that, you know, we call them miracles because they're just, they're um, beautiful things that, that have occurred that, you know, I, I recognize as being a result of the positive aspects of my being in recovery, right? And that's that's a long way to say something, and it's easier to just say, yeah, the miracles in my life, right? Like, the, all of this stuff to me is just flowery language that has become embedded in our culture in a way that is, you know, in a lot of ways detracting from its, you know, simplicity. Um, and I, uh, you know, was already realizing that, you know, um, I mean, it's a compromise that I make to myself and to the room full of people and whatever. You know, if they're strangers, I don't feel like going into detail. And just like, yeah, God, fine, God. You want to call it God? We can call it God. I don't want to fight about it. I don't want to argue about it. I don't want to, you know, distract people by parsing words about it, right? But at the same time, I need to maintain rigorous honesty with myself. And there's a point at which it starts to feel false. You know, note that I, I said that with a, 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 an upward lilt in my voice because I'm not sure that's the, an accurate way to put it necessarily, right? Like, I don't feel like I'm lying to myself. I'm aware of the compromise I'm making in terms of like, okay, well, you know, God did this or whatever. By verbalizing that, I, I know, you know, inside me, that's not, it doesn't mean to me what I suspect. Okay, maybe that's where the, the, the sense of it being false comes from. Is I, I feel inside of me, if I use that term, if I use that language, I feel that it means something entirely different than what I anticipate it's meaning to the majority of the people who hear the words. And the compromise I've made is that that's okay, right? Like, I, I, it's not on me to interpret my it's not on me to you know uh define how my words are interpreted by someone else in that you know in that aspect right i guess i'm getting kind of esoteric there but the conversation with angela pointed out that you know the that is a fine approach as long as the receiving ears are people who aren't turned off by that word or turned off by that terminology and that, that, that phraseology. But if someone is, then I'm doing them a disservice by not clarifying that more succinctly, more accurately, more consistent with what's going on inside me, with my feelings about it. And to be frank, part of that compromise has enabled me to not have to sit and think about that very deeply which is my biggest problem with having to explain it is that I don't have a succinct way of, you know, 
integrating a sense of spirituality without the God idea at the, the core or, or, you know, the terminology at the core, um, at least not, you know, not, not a succinct way, right? Like I can, I can ramble on about it, but in a quick, you know, I just want to relay a, a thought for four minutes. I don't want to spend three and a half minutes of it trying to explain my idea of God before I can move forward with the, the thing that I was going to try and relate about my interaction in, in the world or something. So it's been a, a conundrum or a, I don't know, just a, a something that I've not been particularly satisfied with. And, and again, it's become more and more um, prevalent or difficult to ignore or set aside since that conversation with Angela. So I guess that's what I'm attempting to do here is um, stream of consciousness, make my way through what it means to me, this ever-elusive concept of, of God or a higher power. And back to you know, hearing people discuss their awareness of God in their lives, right? Like it so much comes down to, boils down to, is so often preoccupied with the prevalence of a, of coincidences in our lives, right? This, the sense that, you know, there are no coincidences in God's world or, or whatever, like everything happens for a reason. Um, I don't know any number of other, other ways of putting it, but it's so often, especially in recovery, especially in early recovery, for people to, you know, get this, air quotes, God consciousness, right? And they're aware of, you know, again, God working in their lives. And it's, it is a beautiful thing. It is this, this sense that there's a connection between ourselves and our world around us and the universe at large, and that we play a role in it and that we're not just... Um, observers, but we're participants. And like by participating, we, we recognize more and more things are happening to us and around us. And, and when things are great, we really, really appreciate them, right? Like all of these, these wonderful things that start to happen to us once we've gotten rid of the fog of our addiction and the chemicals that we've ingested to really, really, uh, you know, participate in that addiction, right? Once we've cleared that out and we can finally start to think and feel clearly again, it's, it, you know, it, everything becomes more vivid and alive. And, and you know, for the most part, we, we feel positive about the world. And so we're seeing positivity and the world's reflecting positivity back to us because it's just kind of how our consciousness works. You know, we, we, we get what we, we put out there, Right. And it is a beautiful thing, and, and I do not ever begrudge anyone for being like, this is evidence of God working in my life, because that's a beautiful thing. If, if it works for you, that's fantastic, and you need to go with it, and you need to stay with it, and don't, you know, don't, don't let go of it. You know, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm definitely not trying to encourage a change in anyone's views, um, but something about all that just kind of rings a little bit false to me to me inside me right because i i've embraced that i've i've walked through it i've i've spent time thinking about 
many of the seemingly miraculous occurrences that happened in my life once I got sober and started to really embrace recovery, really, really lean into doing the things, doing the deal, doing the program, working with my sponsor, all of the, you know, answering the que- answering the questions, doing the steps, you know, answer. Anyway, okay, he posed questions to me, but, um, you know, all of the things that started to happen and that, you know, that, that he, you know, my first sponsor was very encouraging to, you know, he used God terminology and, you know, it was, everything was, you know, beautiful and, and Jesus-y. Well, he was Jesus-y, but he refrained from that with me. But, but I'm, I'm, you know, <laughs> I was capable of registering that he was probably using that term in his head. But all that is to say, I really did lean into that. You know, I mean, there were a handful of wonderful occurrences and, and chains of events that, that occurred to me once I started, you know, I, I, I want to say doing the right thing. I mean, I, I don't want to use judgmental terminology if I can help it, but you know, I was no longer fucking up my life. I was no longer getting fucked up and making poor decisions and drowning out, you know, clarity of thought with, with liquor and, you know, things were better. And, and I had a handful of like truly impressive turns of event that happened, you know, one after another that, you know, in hindsight was like, yeah, I took this positive step here and I followed my, my heart, my instinct here, you know, based off of my, my awareness of like this new way of thinking, this new, new, new path of sobriety. And and it led to this next thing. And then this next thing. And then all of a sudden, you know, I've got all the, the wonders of my life have, have come back to me, you know, tenfold. I've got my kids back. I've got my job back. I've, I've got my, my, my sense of, um, personal self-worth back and, and all of the wonderful things that came with recovery. And, you know, it's simple to just refer to that as like God working in my life. Right. And hearing people share their own versions of that, you know, over the years and, and, um, you know, in, in various different formats and different meetings and, you know, different conversations one-on-one with people, you know, it, it is a beautiful thing. But I also realize there's always, also always been a little awareness in the back of my mind, I guess, that it's also just the way I look at things. And that is recovery. That is still recovery, right? Like, I'm, I guess what I'm doing is questioning God, right? Like, you know, when, when I, when I talk about like all the wonderful, you know, I, I, I ran into someone in the program at a meeting and, and it was, you know, we were both sober and it was, it was cool. It was cool to catch up. And the guy was like, Oh yeah, well I'm going to my job. And, and it turned out that, that he had, a, you know, there was an opening at the job and I needed a job. And so he was able to put in a word for me and I got the job and then, the, you know, I was, I was doing the job and then I moved up in the job and then I, I ran into people at that job from my old job. And, and, you know, within a matter of, you know, a year or so I was, somehow lifted back up into my old life, right? Like I was able to earn again back to like what I had lost. You know, I lost everything and within a couple of years of sobriety, I'd, I'd air quotes, got it all back, you know? And that's, you know, it's just so many wonderful 
coincidences. And if you, you, you register, there's no coincidences in God's life, that in God's world, then, you know, it was just me being there for it and, and whatever. You know, that's, that is true. All of those things were happening one right after the other because I was present. You know, and that's fundamentally what sobriety has brought me and what recovery has brought me is an ability to be present. You know, and, in, and when I'm present, I'm aware. I mean, presumably, I'm, you know, that's what I mean by being present. But I'm, I'm being aware of my moment to moment existence and, and the wonderful things that are that just, just life, you know, being aware of life and being aware of, you know, the next right thing, right? Like being present means when there's an opportunity is presented to me, I have a much better uh, possible, <laughs> a much better uh, likelihood of, of embracing that potential opportunity in a way that's going to unfold uh, beneficially for me, you know, and I'm and conversely, I'm less likely to choose one that's not going to be beneficial, right? Like, you know, it's just basic concept. Um, and then, you know, over weeks and months and years, the entire narrative gets whittled down to just those parameters that like, so it goes from this, continuous stream of events that have a handful of moments that pop out and become like significant and then it all gets whittled away and so that that stream becomes just a couple of stepping stones you go position a to position b to position c and then graham and the rest of those blanks are just filled in by this idea of a miracle this idea of god working in my life the idea of whatever but they're just gaps and um Again, I don't begrudge anybody for filling in those gaps with the God word, but simply because hundreds and thousands and millions of people put that word in there and, and believe that it means something beyond just a, a placeholder, you know, it doesn't change any valid, it doesn't change the validity of the idea that it's just a placeholder. You know, I mean, we can all turn our attention skyward and focus our energy and pray and and send good vibes and whatever you want to say. That's not going to affect the rotation of the earth. It's not going to affect, you know, the the way the the earth is catapulting through the galaxy, right? Like, we're just beings on this planet no fun, fundamentally no more significant than any other being on the planet at any given time um, which is where this idea that looking back at all the wonderful things that have happened to me and ascribing them to being this like god consciousness this connection with a god a god looking over me that the idea of a god looking over that that that's a no-go, right? Like, I, I have no problem, even at a group level, just being like, yeah, that, that makes no sense. There's no possible, <laughs> there's no possible way <laughs> that there's a grand overseer to the entire universe. I mean, the universe is fucking huge. I mean, it's like huge squared. It's like huge to the infinity power one more time over. It's fucking huge. And there's no way that there's, you know, some aspect of that is like, 
gives a fuck about me, gives a fuck about anybody listening to this, anybody on the planet enough to be like, you know, aware of what we're doing, considerate of what's coming next and, and give a flying fuck whether we make a good or right bad or good or bad choice or whatever. All that is just comforting children's stories that for some reason the majority of us, an unfortunate high number of us, don't register as being just children's stories and hold on to them. And then, you know, a lot of us in recovery find our way back to them. And uh, again, insofar as that helps, you know, smooth the world over and our, um, you know, help bring down some of that chattering nonsense that goes on in our heads, it's wonderful. It's perfect. It's beautiful. Do it. Um, but it doesn't make it any more real than any other fantasy, right? And where am I going with this? Well, I still had those beautiful experiences. I still experienced a far out, I almost said miraculous, but I keep using that word and then downgrading it so I shouldn't use it again. Um, I, You know, I had fucking awesome things happen. You know, I, I got sober, my life started to get better. And again, I, it, it's perfectly reasonable to understand why people who are experiencing their own versions of that are just like, yeah, God is working in my life. Everything's good. But it just doesn't ring true for me. And, uh, and here, you know, but what it does for me, you know, how it does, um, resonate inside me is, is that, you know, my idea of a higher power is my connection to the universe, right? Like there is no difference between a higher power and my feeling connected to the universe because fundamentally that is what that God consciousness is. That's what that feeling of spirituality is. It's an awareness inside of me that I am part of the world that I'm in. I'm part of this universe, right? Like every part of me, every part of me is part of the universe. Every part, even thoughts and my consciousness, it is part of this thing, this expanded beyond all probable concepts, like beyond my ability to conceive for sure, uh, the universe, that sense that I am part of that, that is spirituality, right? That is the, the underlying sense of spirituality that I feel. And I am certain it's the same one that every other person who has ever felt a sense of spirituality, no matter what their approach no matter what their beliefs their religious beliefs their their personal beliefs are it's that same feeling inside all of us right because we're all part of the same universe and i suppose if you want to make an argument that we're not then i don't know where to go from there but because we're all still interacting so um being connected feeling that sense of connection within me right like that connection manifests 
when I'm feeling connected, that manifests a feeling of grace. And, and, I, and I believe I've, I've attempted to describe this before, but that is my spirituality, this feeling of connectivity and gracefulness that takes over me. And it's just as simple as breathing, like everything fluid. It's like a sense of flow in me, through me, with me, a connection between me and everything around me, you know, not, not in some weird spiritual way, not some weird, like esoteric way. I keep using the same words over and over. I apologize if that bothers you, but not in some cheesy way, but just in an awareness that like I'm sitting on my bed right now and I'm breathing the air around me and the the air feels, you know, comfortable and my, my feet are warm and the light in the room is soft, you know, and I'm, I'm looking at my pictures in the room and those pictures were hung there by me and, and any gazillion of simple, unimportant, insignificant details of my surroundings are all there and I'm here and everything has happened in this room as a result of me being here and everything that I've done in here causes things to happen. And, and I, I don't know, the, it, the words don't work is really where I get to, right? Is it's just a feeling of connection. And fundamentally, when I'm paying attention to that sense of fluidity and gracefulness, I'm paying attention to the present moment. And that's all that that God consciousness really is to you, the listener out there, to anybody you've ever heard say that, to anybody I've ever experienced who's, you know, God, 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 right? They presumably are referring to their own feeling of being present in their life, right? And I don't know, for whatever reason, be it the same kind of, you know, conscious or unconscious compromise they're making with themselves and communicating that feeling to other people by using the word God, or they fundamentally, truly fundamentally feel that it is a sense of God consciousness and God is some, I don't know what, you know, you hear people speak of God as though it's somewhere outside of them. I'm not sure what that, how that integrates into their sense of the world being a part of the world, but it is, you know. Apparently how some people look at it, but it all boils down to that sense of just being present in the moment. And when I think of it that way, and I look back on those events in my life that the narrative has broken down into stepping stones that had some sense of fluidity of my life moving from stone A to stone B to stone C, it doesn't take long for me to to realize that part of why that felt so dramatic and significant isn't simply because of the chain of events that I've gone back to recognize as being significant, but each step along the line, I was present, right? Like I had moments where I felt, you know, I need an idea of what to do next. I need, you know, and I, and I meditated and felt a connection to the universe in a way that just made me feel calm and present. And in that calmness was an aware, it was a feeling of acceptance of whatever was coming next. I was there for it, you know? And that is a deeply spiritual feeling. I, that's why I pause there because it, it being truly 
present and willing to move into the next moment and make the next, I don't know, open the door to the next unfolding part of my life, whatever it will be in a moment like that, but feeling completely ready for it no matter the consequences, right? It feels spiritual, right? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to speak in general terms, but there's been, you know, moments where like, like trying to determine whether I wanted my kid, right? I, I, there was a point in my early sobriety where I, I didn't have my children with me enough, right? Like I wanted my kids more. I, I, I felt a lacking connection. I, I felt um, sadness, right? Like I, I could only see my kids you know, every other week, um, not even every other week, every other weekend, right? Like I had a miserable custody arrangement as a result of my shitty behavior and my shitty decisions, right? Like it wasn't, I wasn't whining about it so much as trying to get it across that, you know, to my ex that, you know, this wasn't, this isn't fair anymore, you know, or at least that was my thinking of it. It was like, you know, things don't need to stay so strict forever, right? Like, I have changed. I register that you haven't seen it all the way, but I have changed. And, and, um, you know, and, and, and in that moment where I was trying to peacefully describe, you know, a, a desire to be, you know, more present in my kids' lives, you know, like trying to be very humble about it. I didn't get what I wanted, right? Like I didn't, you know, her, her response wasn't like, oh, well, you've, you've been doing so great lately. Yes, I, I agree. We should just open this back up, make it more, whatever, more even, you know, 50, 50 or whatever. No, she was like, no, <laughs> fuck you. Um, and it really hurt and it made me nuts. And, you know, this is, this is hindsight, but even at that, you know, I, I, I wasn't ready for it. Right. At that time, I wasn't ready, and I, and I was, I, I journaled my way through that in the moment, and and you know, it's not just me putting this narrative back there. I I I, I realized after sitting on it for a little bit, after being denied, that I wasn't, I wasn't being present. I wasn't being there in the moment for the purpose of accepting the next thing. Right, like when the conversation started kind of out of the blue, I wasn't present i was I was wrapped up in myself i I got excited at the idea of like, oh, oh well, yeah, yeah, this would be my opportunity to like lay out my case and explain myself and blah blah blah, and after the fact that like I had to admit I wasn't doing this. I wasn't presenting my case. I wasn't making my statements and, and trying to get my point across for the purpose of anything other than getting what I wanted. You know, and, and that wasn't enough, right? And, and whatever my ex's reasoning that was hers, but the end result was I was coming at the entire 
concept of what we were discussing, not from the, the standpoint of this is genuinely the best thing for everyone involved, but, you know, those were the words that I was convincing myself and that I was relaying to my consciousness and that I was telling people as I described, you know, the butt hurt. But I wasn't fundamentally coming from the position of it being the best thing for all people. I was coming at it from the position of it being best for me. And when I made peace with that, when when that settled into my heart and I thought about it, I realized that until I could be in that similar same moment or a similar moment in the future from that point, until I could be in that same position, you know, discussing that same topic and it being genuinely about what's best for everyone, I couldn't expect a different outcome. And I don't know. I don't know if that feels like a stretch for someone listening, but it is, it is true. It is a very, I don't, I want to say right minded way of thinking about it. Right? Like, I wanted peace. I wanted peace for me. I wanted peace for my children. I wanted peace for her. And it wasn't enough for me to try and force peace, even subtly, even in a polite and not aggressive manner, but force peace by enforcing this idea that the kids needed more time with me, that, that, you know, this was an unfair scenario, that there were any number of things that were going on that were unfair. That wasn't going to cut it. And it wasn't going to cut it because I knew inside me I wasn't coming at it from that sense of truly trying to have peace. I was trying to have a little bit for me, knowing that if I were able to manipulate it that way and force things into position, the peace would probably come, right? And that's a tricky spot. It's a tricky spot because you can apply it everywhere, right? It's this concept of being powerless and having, you know, I don't know, it's it's that same um, sense that gets uh, swept up and and, and uh, described by being, you know, God laughs at, at humans' plans or whatever, right? Like, make a plan and God will shit on it. I don't know if that's, a, if that's an actual expression, make a plan and God will shit on it. But the idea that, you know, we, we can't fundamentally control our worlds, right? That, like, shit's just going to happen. And, um, you know, it's basically that same idea. And, you know, and it, you know, just even trying to describe it in a more rational, using more rational language, you know, part of the back of my brain is like, yeah, this is why we just say, you know, this is why so many people just go, um, you know, there's no coincidences in God's life or, or, or God's world, you know, that God is, you know, that, that trying to describe um, spiritual moments in a non-God language leads to so much just rambling that it, it is a reasonable 
response to just lean on the crutch of God, the word God. Because, you know, in that example I was just trying to, to make there, I you know, I did sit on it. I did make peace with the idea that it wasn't time, right? Like that was basically my walk away. It was like, that wasn't time. I wasn't, I wasn't in the right headspace. I wasn't there coming at it from the approach that it was best for all people. I was coming at it that it was the best for me. And until I can see it as being best for all people fundamentally so that it's not me convincing myself and through convincing myself, then being able to convince the world around me till I can be truly there in the moment and aware that this is whatever, you know, in that case, the, the desire to be with my kids and have more time with my kids and be more present in their lives until that was fundamentally a truth that I didn't even have to like, it was, it was so true that I didn't even register that I was seeing it that way until after the fact, right? Like that's, that was the mark that I registered that until I had that feeling, it wasn't going to be time and probably wasn't ever going to happen until that was the case. And that's my sense of spirituality. That's my connection to the universe. Because at some point, you know, almost a year later, a few nine months later, it was true. And there was no questioning it. There was no, it was just something I walked into and was just right there and present and ready to deal with. And after the fact, I realized, oh, in that moment, I knew what I was supposed to do. I knew what I needed to say, and I was present and ready to do it. And I again... That is a simple thing to just quickly hand wave and say, yeah, God was working in my life. But it's also as simple to say, I was present. I was in the moment. I wasn't clouded by, I wasn't clouded by alcohol and drugs for sure, but I also wasn't clouded by my own needs, by my own uh, sense of like what, sense of resentments lingering or otherwise I wasn't clouded by my own desires I just knew in a, in the specific moment this is what's right I need to step in here and be here with my kids and and I'm bypassing the details there because I, I don't they, they really aren't necessary other than I knew without even needing to think about it, what was the right thing. And in that moment, the right thing was for me to be there with my kids. And I was able to do that. And that is what I believe people are referring to when they're referring to their God consciousness. And that, that is their sense of spirituality when, when, they, when they think of God working in their lives and they, and they look on any other number of silly coincidences that, you know... I call them silly because, you know, if, if you hear some people talk about the evidence of God in their lives, you know, it'll, often you'll hear examples, you know, as trite as whenever a parking space opened up and whatever. There was something that reminded me of my kid sister's smile when I was a little kid and just, it was just God working in my life. Like, we, we, 
I don't want to be critical, but we do have a tendency, especially in early recovery, to want to believe. We want to believe that things are getting better and we're looking for evidence of that facts, of those facts. And those are like surface level <laughs> spiritual epiphanies, right? And, and and the one I'm describing here is like a much more groundbreaking one, not groundbreaking, but like, you know, it was a big deal, right? Like from that moment forward, like I knew my position in my children's lives more succinctly than I had, more clearly, more concretely than I had my entire, their entire lives, right? My entire life, obviously, but dealing with them wasn't until they were alive, but. But that doesn't make me any more connected to a God or any more, um, you know, significant in some God's eyes I mean, I, what, would, what would a God's eye be but it does mean that I was present in my own life it does mean that I was you know not clouded when I needed to be not clouded and my only chance for that my only way of being not clouded when I needed to not be clouded was to be present and be present in this moment and be present in the next right and and that's what recovery gives me. And that's, that's what sobriety is, is being present, you know, all of the time, air quotes, right? Being present, having the opportunity to be present all of the time, I guess is the way to put that. And, you know, you know, and, and, and a side note on those surface level, uh, spiritual epiphanies, right? Like these, these simple things and like, this is evidence of God working in my life is, you know, these these tangible things, you know, I, again, I encourage that if it helps keep you sober, right? Anything that keeps you sober that doesn't harm other people, fucking do it, right? And if it doesn't harm you especially, um, also, or at least not especially. But rationally, if you're looking for surface level spiritual epiphanies, I encourage you to also notice the ones that don't uh, line up with your sense of God, right? Because my guess is, for the most part, it's not so much that these are um, evidence of something working in your life so much as you're in a positive headspace, so you're noticing the positivity. Because if you pay attention, there's plenty of times when there's shit happening when things are not fluid and and I'm speaking from my own experience where I don't feel fluid I don't feel connected to to my world for whatever reason generally it's because of fatigue and lack of eating but for whatever reason you know I'm in a crappy mood and when I'm in a crappy mood shit's crappy and then I have crappy things happen and and I hit every red light and I can't seem to you know make it up the stairs without step you know misstepping on at least one of them And, and any number of like little tiny aggravations but I'm not going to register them as evidence of a lack of God. So logically, why would I register, you know, when things are flowing fluidly and there's, you know, the parking spaces open up and I'm hitting every green light and whatever, why would I take those as evidences of God, right? Those are, to me, that's the the paradox. It's not even a paradox. That's the trade-off that I feel a lot of people are just ignoring the second half of that and, that's tough to do and still have a rational sense of the universe and a rational sense of my place in it 
and that's you know that underlies a deep uh, disconnect I have with the whole concept of God and people using that language and and again even in in my own um, consciously compromised use of that term you know I'm also like yeah I don't want to I don't want to draw these things because I, again I anytime I'm registering all the you know doing a, a, a side-by-side comparison of all the positive things that are in God's universe like there's also the side of all the negative things that can't attribute the positive to one and not to the other so what is it and the simplest solution the simplest answer is it's just my imagination trying to make things work for me and you know if if you take a minute you might recognize that that's the same thing for you and that's not comfortable I suppose depending on how strongly you feel about God it's not comfortable to think that maybe that's just your imagination helping protect your your sense of your own continuous narrative that you call yourself but it just may be you know that's kind of the conclusion I've drawn is yeah all of that is just me helping myself through some tough times but doesn't make it any more real doesn't make it any more um, valid mm, valid's not right because the validity in that lies in that it, it, it was useful right but it doesn't make it any more real this God thing and again what is real what is real is the sense of feeling connected to something around me, right? There's no question that I'm sitting here on my bed. There's no question that I exist in this moment. That awareness, that's all there is. So yeah, trying to describe it, it's pretty much pointless because ultimately it just comes down to what do I feel? Right? And you got to ask yourself that. What do you feel? And whatever you feel, that's your sense of spirituality. That's your sense of God awareness if you, if you need the word God. And that's all there is, right? The rest of it is just a bunch of layers and layers of sounds that make words that we have loose definitions for. Or not loose necessarily, but definitions that are loosely translated and have meanings inside of us that may or may not line up with our our neighbors and our friends but the sensation within each one of us that feeling of spiritual connection to the universe in which you live that's all it is that's all that you need There's no thing watching over me. There's no benefit added to that feeling of connection by ascribing any further anthropomorphizing. I don't know how to fucking say that word, extend it like that. There's no sense, there's nothing added to that feeling of connection 
by putting more into the God concept than that. And, you know, that's all you need. And if you want to go for more, if you want to go into some religion thing and, and have your narrative warped around that or, or molded around that, if you prefer that word, go for it. Go for it. But if you don't, there's no need to get agitated by it because at its core, all of that sense of spirituality is just a feeling of connection to the universe described by different people in different ways. <sighs> and uh, I don't know. I feel like maybe I've figured out a way to say it to myself at least and I've shared it here and if you liked it, great. If you didn't like it, also great. These are just my thoughts. And this is my feeling on this. And this is genuinely the way I approach my life and my spirituality. And I don't particularly care if you want to join me in that or not. But um, I thought maybe some of you might want to hear it. And... Uh, I thought maybe if I could try and articulate it, it might make better sense to me through that explanation. So maybe a win-win, maybe a win on my side and a, 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 a neutral response on your side. I don't know, but I do know this. I really appreciate you listening. I appreciate everyone who's who's told me they've heard some of this stuff and, and you know, it's been positive response. I don't know if that's just politeness or what, but I appreciate it. Please continue to be polite to me. I'm very sensitive and I'm a self-conscious person. And if you told me that you didn't like it, I would be very sad. So, um, yeah, just hold that in your hearts. If you're going to tell me something negative <laughs> about my podcast, <laughs> but, uh, I do, I really appreciate you listening. And, uh, if you want to reach out to me, you can. You can find me on Facebook. Uh, you can find me on the ease-drop.com website. And, uh, you know, this God thing, is it's a, it's a stumbling block for most of us. And I think what I just offered there is relatable at even early recovery at any time, right? Early recovery, years of recovery. You know, the, the concept of God, the questioning of God, it's always going to be there for some of us. And, you know, it doesn't need to be that hard. It doesn't need to be that big of a deal. It really doesn't. But anyway, um, I, you know, getting sober, staying sober, finding recovery, it's, you know, it's, it's a big deal. It's definitely a big deal in my life. And, uh, if it's a big deal in yours, you know, my heart goes out to you. And, uh, you know, life is long and it's hard, but it's also really fucking short. We only get one time through it. If we can uh, find our way to fucking recovery, we have a chance to have a fucking beautiful, beautiful time while we're here. That's what I'm hoping for, at least. Anyway, uh, thank you for listening and enjoy the rest of your day. I'll wake up when I'm sober, which will probably be never. I'll wake up when I'm sober, but I might stay drunk forever.
Drop.